Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast. With me, the Dolly Dropper, James Hurl, Mr. Birmingham League Ton, Andy Harrison, Jamie Martindale, and the King of the Hoppers, Joss Elliott, for your latest dose of all things Shropshire Cricket. Okay, and welcome back to the Cow Corner Podcast, and we are doing a podcast in regards to mental health. Now, uh, mental health is something that has been all over the headlines, especially in Shropshire cricket. And um, with a lot of things going on and a lot of good people doing lots of good things, we thought we'd bring a couple of people who have been having an influence in cricket and the mental health scene. And also um, a friend of mine who works in uh, the cricket media and sports media (laughs) personality. And uh, we're going to get him to talk about his own experiences and his own stories. So first of all, we have with us Mark Boynes from Opening Up Cricket. Hello, Mark. Hello, James. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And we have Tom Stewart, who is a freelance journalist, well, freelance sports journalist who works with Tailenders, Five Live Sport, amongst many others. You're reading my Twitter profile there, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's me. You're right, James. Good, good, good to see you, mate. Good to see yes. you, Mark. Well, yeah, it's good to get you guys around the, uh, well, around the microphone or around the Zoom, because it's been quite a while that we've been trying to organize this and i'd like to start off with yourself mark so opening up cricket talk us about how you got into uh, well starting the company how long it's been going for yeah opening up cricket's been going now since 2014 uh, so whatever how many years that is uh, not best of the maths so yeah it's been going a little while now um the reason for creating open up cricket which is a campaign that promotes mental well-being and suicide prevention through cricket is going back to an experience uh, in december of 2012 i play my cricket up at uh, sefton park in in the liverpool competition and a friend of mine in in december of 2012 took his own life and that had an impact not only on myself but on those at the club and, and those in the, 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 the cricket community 
which uh, I had absolutely no preparation for and, and neither did anyone else. So it was something that hit, hit us very hard. And for me, the, 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 the main thing that I took from a loss such as that was the, the questions that it created. So sometimes with bereavement, it's, uh, it, there's an element of closure. But with this, it just opened up things which I hadn't considered before. And the question which I kept asking myself was, could I have done more? Could I have done something to prevent this? Could I have helped my friend more? And as time went on, particularly in the year afterwards, uh, I started answering that question myself and thinking, well, perhaps there, perhaps there was. So rather than just thinking about that and carrying it with me negatively as a burden, I thought there is something here surely that I can do. And we had a presentation from a group that work in predominantly in rugby league called State of Mind at a, a game we had in, in 2013. And speaking to the guys there got me thinking about whether there could be something done to target cricketers and cricket clubs with a, a message regarding promoting positive mental health and also doing what we can to make people aware of the fact that Suicide is the biggest killer of men under the age of 45 in this country. And we can all do something to help prevent that. We don't need to be trained clinicians as regular everyday people. There's just a little bit more that we can do to try and prevent the kind of tragedies that, that, that do occur. So that's really the origin of it. And when I set out starting up a Twitter account, whatever it was, the first action. Um, I, I didn't know really what I was going to do. I just was, was intending to speak to the clubs in the local vicinity because they would have heard of what had happened and just try to, to say you don't want to be in the position that, that we were. And then as time has gone on, it's developed and it's, it's grown so that we now go out and do sessions uh, across the country. I've spent some time in Australia as well. And really what it's about is the same as it was at the beginning, except my knowledge and understanding of it has grown, uh, it has grown exponentially. And more than I, I did it any other time, I'd started to um, involve my own experience because something that connected me very closely to Alex was the shared experience of having lived with mental ill health and 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 depression in my case and having had suicidal ideation and being at the very very lowest that I could I can I can think of uh, so that's all come together and now we have open cricket just doing what we can to try and make this a conversation point in the sport mm. So since, since you started opening up Cripper have you found that there's been a difference in the people wanting to open up more? Well, I'd like to think so. Uh, I think that changes that have happened in sport have run parallel to those that have occurred in society in general. I'm probably not a great person to ask because I spend so much this, my news feeds will have a disproportionate amount of this kind of wider conversation um it's it is hard to tell but i think there has been a big a big step forward what i've always noticed when i've gone to clubs and i've spoken to people particularly when you're actually face face to face and you can read things a lot more is that all that people have needed is someone to broach the topic and someone to just come in from outside and say this is an important issue and these are some things that you can do which are good these are some things you can do that can help and then people know once they are alerted to it and it's put on the agenda that it is important. I don't think, 
it's 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 the default really for people to consider it an important issue whether they do anything about it is another matter but there isn't the hostility towards it that you might have experienced going back a, a long time where people would say depression and anxiety and mental illness are things that can be you know you, you pull yourself together that kind of attitude so i think there has been big strides forward and we've just i, I would say been fortunate that we've been doing it at a time where society has made those steps forward as well mm. okay um so tom i'd be really interested to know about your experiences um obviously for anyone who doesn't know do you want to give us a brief kind of synopsis into your story yeah, of course. Um, well, firstly, I'd say that that's incredible what you've done, Mark, and like such a productive reaction to something so tragic. I've I've lost friends as well, or like men, three or four friends. I'm I'm thirty, and in the last five five years, I've lost three friends to um, either suicide or, I mean, self destructive behaviour. That you know, that's by the by, but. Um, so congratulations on that, man. It's amazing. Uh, my experience is, uh, so it goes back. So, yeah, as I said, I'm 30 now. I've, I've kind of always known there was something a bit, um, I don't want to say wrong because, you know, now the more you learn about it, the more you just try and see it as just an illness, just something that's, that's just there. But I always knew, I always had those feelings. I've had suicidal thoughts since I was like, you know, since I was a child, since I was a teenager. And then when I was about, when I was 19, 20, I had a terrible panic attack and then suffered some PTSD from that and struggled going on planes. And then that kind of developed into depression and um, self-harm, like very close to suicide, like near, near attempts to suicide. Um, so that's been kind of developing and growing in I don't know if it's such a great magnitude in the past 10 years and mm. it's it's only through talking to kind of like-minded people and people going through the same thing especially men that you kind of develop like coping mechanisms and then you go to the doctor etc so mm. my whole thing well I suppose the reason I'm here is that I had last year I had a breakup a really bad breakup and it was you know you, you get into that age where you're quite settled in your job I've got mm. got a decent job at the BBC and um working on tailenders which is incredible it's my, my dream job doing all the digital stuff for that um and then this breakup kind of came out of nowhere and so last summer uh, it was pretty much a year ago actually around this time mm. um and then I was kind of at a loss and basically in the article that I wrote for the Metro, the initial title for it, which it, it didn't stick like, but it was, I just start, I wrote the title and then the article kind of flowed out after but the title was called how cricket saved my life. And it genuinely was, I'd, I've always been a cricket fan. I've always been, you know, cricket obsessive since I was a kid. Mm. I've made a lot of threat friends through cricket, but I kind of, I don't know, you know, when you get to that age in your twenties and you just like think it's cooler to like be into music. And I've always watched it, but I've was kind of, I kind of left the community for a bit from the age of like eighteen to last year. I wasn't as involved in the community as I am now of like the general cricket community. And then last summer, obviously, the World Cup happened. I live about half a mile from Old Trafford cricket ground. Started making friends there. Joined a team like and 
honestly, I genuinely don't think after that breakup with, you know, the person that I'd kind of assumed, because I have mental health issues anyway, but that breakup obviously triggered a lot of things and it was the person I was going to be with for the rest of my life and it just came out of nowhere. Mm. And genuinely the timing of that and then the World Cup starting and so many of these things coming together and then I got the job on tail and there's not long before we broke up and it was like a, a guiding light. It was incredible. And since then it's, I don't know, it's, <laughs> it's all I do. It's all I write about. It's all I read about. It's all mm. I, mainly all I think about. And the community is just kind of just wrapped around me, the cricket community. It's an incredible mm. thing. So would you say that cricket is kind of giving you what uh, a so-called kind of, yeah, a kind of like a safe, not like a safe space, but kind of like a space where you can kind of be in your own world? Yeah, no, definitely. It's definitely a safe space. And, and to be fair, they, they say that on tailenders a lot, they, mm. you know, that it's a, it's a safe space. But it really is because as someone who goes to Man United a lot, and I'm very much a, a big football fan as well, it's just the culture is so different. And even though to play cricket, as I've found, as I've remembered again, it's probably why I stopped when I was about 18. It's probably the most tragic sport <laughs> to play. It's like mm. in terms of um, batting at nine and not bowling or whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> I've done a lot of that. I've done a lot of soul searching doing that. <laughs> Standing in the field and, yeah, thinking about what am I doing here on a Wednesday mm. night, whatever. Um, but it, it, uh, that aside, um, yeah, it's completely, it's my, I don't know, it's it's my my blanket. And, and everyone I've met in the past year is involved in the game, whether it's through the BBC or through the media or whether it's through going to Lancashire mm. or people I've played with. I've now set up my own team, like a midweek team, um, like a, a T20 thing. I've got mm. like 25 lads who most of them I didn't know a year ago. Mm. Um, it was, I mean, I only sell that group so I could put myself mm. like three or four in the batting order. But because um, <laughs> if I'm captain, then no one else has a say. But <laughs> no, it's, it's, <laughs> on a serious note, yeah, it's it's um, it, yeah, it did save my life. I, mm. I genuinely think if we didn't have that summer last mm. summer, if I didn't live, if I didn't get that job on Tellenders, and if I didn't live half a mile, probably less to Old Trafford Cricket Ground, I think I probably would have killed myself. That's so as someone who's a friend that's what's quite uh it's quite a hard hitting thing to hear really um and there must yeah, be there a, are people I, I, there are people out there who are probably who haven't found their tailenders who maybe haven't found their cricket team of 23 lads mark what would be your what would be the main initial things that you'd be kind of looking to tell someone who it would be in that kind of state or position uh yeah, it's. I mean, just to say, I think what what, what Tommy said there about about cricket being a the savior of his life is something which, if people haven't experienced that kind of uh, that kind of feeling, it can really mm. seem abstract. And you could probably the instinct mm. would be someone listening to think, oh, well, perhaps that's an exaggeration. But mm. um, <laughs> I know, certainly looking back. Um, I mean, I, I, three or four uh, episodes of the of the worst depression that I've had mm. uh, back in 2010. I, I I look back to that point and how fragile things were, and without the the cricket club and that community, mm. and they didn't do anything 
special because I didn't let them because I wasn't telling them what was going on. I wasn't opening up like now I'd say uh, you need to, but um, be just being there and having that. And there's so much in cricket which is brilliant for mental health, which is uh, which is taken for granted in a lot mm. of ways. The fact that you have that connection, the fact that you do give to other people mm. by supporting them in whichever way, you keep active by by the physical elements of the game. So it's all it's all there. Um, but I suppose in terms of if people are in that position where they're really struggling, the, the, mm. the thing which we get told a lot in 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 life is we, it's important to talk about it, and that is that is absolutely the, the, the truth. But of course, when you're in that position, the last thing you want to do is talk. You, you mm. you've you've kind of withdrawn to the extent where you feel maybe people don't care, where you think mm. that it's what's happening to you you deserve, and these the mm. things. So really, the, the the key is about us being better at mm. at, at, at listening and, and at mm. prompting those conversations so that the person who feels they can't go on there is someone there who's 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 cajoling them to say you know i, I care i i will listen two-way streets in that sense if people have got to realize that if they are in those desperate times that it's certainly not weak to speak. That's what mm. the, the tagline we've had for all these years has been. It's not weak to speak. And this mm. idea that people struggle with all kinds of things. We don't feel it's a, a problem to miss a game or miss time because we've got a physical injury. Mm. We, we treat our brain as it being a mental injury. It's, mm. ex it's exactly the same in that sense. And, and any stigma or whatever we've called it that has existed still needs to be pushed out. But it's 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 all about that talking, and that sounds so reductive, doesn't it? Again, oh, mm. we just got to talk as if it's the easiest thing in the world. But mm. it's just any way possible of trying to make that a theme. And I've always thought, I say always, I've I've thought since starting cricket that if we talk about mental health and mental fitness mm. in cricket from a positive perspective, it gets people used to the idea of it, used used to the concept that it's something that you mm. can work on, but it's also something that can can have declines and we've got the best sport in the world for the, the mental test and the, the thinking mm. and the, the element of it being like a chess game at times to mm. say, right, there you go. This game is uh, very mentally focused. So it's about your brain and let's do what we can to improve it. Let's be mentally fitter. Let's be stronger. Let's be tougher, whatever it is. But also let's think mm. about that other side that we might need some help and assistance. I was going to say, I mean, I think one of the, the cricket is, is such a great leveler in, and it teaches you a lot about life in many ways is it teaches you how to, how to persevere as an individual but also to work as a team and I think that's 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 something that you can take through into life you know but also on another hand if if you're in a really bad place I could see a way that obviously cricket could hamper in a way that it's you're kind of ingrained into kind of trying to be mentally strong to ignore and to kind of go things on your own you, you, and a prime example being a batsman at the crease and trying to block out everything that's going on and trying to um trying to concentrate on the next ball and uh, trying not to listen too hard to the sledging but also kind of once you are out not being too hard on yourself and trying to be constructive in the way that your own criticism is you know I've I've played many in innings where I've gone in, feel, feel really excited about the game and two balls later, or, or let's, let's not lie, one ball later, I'm back in the pavilion. And it is hard to take. And obviously, if you are in a position and, you know, in a, in a game where you have, to, you have to be seen to be kind of 
mentally strong that if you're in a position where you're not feeling that it it, it must be it can be hard to kind well, of come also, out and feel like you can talk i'd i'd say like thinking back and uh, i suppose i knew this already but just just from this conversation i was just thinking when you were saying about like going out batting, I was just thinking um, of Marcus Truscothic and mm. obviously everyone's aware of you know his mm. his problems with an illness. And I I think looking in in hindsight, it was probably certainly in Britain anyway, and certainly within men. I can't remember uh, an elite sportsman like mm. coming out so bluntly about mm. his and and then when we when we've grown up like during the two thousands and the two thousand tens, so. A multitude of cricket players who were very open and honest about their mental health and mm. I, I think that that makes it, it I don't know it's the sort of game that's like it's good that they're not afraid to do that and mm. it's football football started to do it now but cricket mm. was doing like Truscothic like came out of all that stuff years ago and then you look at Bairstow and his father and mm. and all that I think I feel like it's a much more open sport in that sense mm. where I, I feel more comfortable talking to, to my mates from cricket than I would to my mates from football, for instance, is what I said. I mean, from, from a personal point, and I think, I think probably at this point in the podcast, it's possibly um, important that I put my own story out there, really, because I want anyone who's listening to the podcast to as like a direct connection to feel like they can talk to me if they want to. For I was going to say, yeah, you should. Um, um, so for me, I'd always, yeah. I've always had self-esteem issues and kind of from a, from a young age, uh, just mainly because of the people I grew up with, uh, the social groups that I grew up with, and I became very self-aware at a certain age. Um, I always had a low self-worth, kind of never felt that I was good enough, even when I was told I was kind of good enough and things like this. Um, and like I was, I had a really bad time at school. I know everyone has a bad time at school, but I had like a really bad, what I would class as really bad time, which kind of really affected how I was. And at the time, I don't think I really kind of realized what I was kind of going through, uh, mainly because there wasn't that awareness when I was younger, really, as much. Um, and it was kind of a case of just crack on and man up and all this stuff. Um, and then it kind of really took for me, it's when I was at sixth form, kind of, I, w I went through a full blown episode and I was kind of, and it was, it was funny that you bring up Truscothic because it was around that time that I started struggling. Um, I read his book and I, I was sat there reading his book and I was kind of, I was sat there thinking, geez, I relate to every word that this guy's saying, you know, I was I was waking up, so to speak, and I felt like I couldn't leave my bed. I, I didn't want to. You know, I could, I could be as happy as anything one, on Thursday, and then come Friday, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to leave the bed. I couldn't feel like I could talk to anyone. People would want to talk to me, like my parents, and I'd just not want to say anything. I had this feeling which I couldn't, I couldn't express. I didn't know how to... I didn't know how to express it. I didn't know how to express to people, but there was, there was also this weird feeling that I just kind of wanted to make things worse for myself. I wanted to kind of, you know, kind of not self-harm, but kind of self-harm in a, in like a, in a vocal and kind of social state where kind of I was, you know, friends would ask me things and I would either be rude or kind of even not answer them to a point where I would kind of make, make things happen to me that I would feel that I deserved because Eve because I was in such a state and it got to such a point I was so low that 
I don't really see any way out. I didn't, you know, I was having such horrible thoughts, you know, and luckily I read this book and, you know, I went, I went on a family holiday where I'd, I was in a point where I was as low as I've ever, well, as I'd been until that point. And then kind of, I went home, got counseling, which was fantastic, um, which was really great. But then I kind of, my mistake there was that I felt that it was over kind of thing that this wouldn't happen. Um, and I kind of rested on my laurels. And when it kind of came back again, when I was at university kind of, I had, um, I had a particularly bad experience with counselling where it was kind of, it sent me backwards a bit more. And then it's kind of just been a constant struggle. Um, but one thing that I would say is that I, um, for me, recently, I found that kind of pointing myself in the direction of um, goals and making sure that I'm setting things up and doing positive things to do with this. Um, I gave up alcohol for a year, which did, which was really good um i drink now but i mean what it but it taught me it taught me kind of a bit more that i i was in a position where i I, you know growing up and going through university i lived in leeds for a long time where it's kind of a mentality that you know you social drink with everything really um and kind of learned learned to moderate that and having that control kind of gave me a confidence in myself um and yeah the main the main thing for me is kind of moving forwards i felt you know it's the hardest that i've always just tried to make sure that i've got we talked about creating that conversation with people but i think the most important thing that i felt is that people got to feel comfortable with you to initiate that conversation it's not good enough just to go once every year when it's mental health awareness day just to message everyone going by the way i'm here for you because that's not how it works. If if you're there, you, you need to constantly kind of, for me, I think you need to be constantly, you know, if someone's upset, you need to be making them aware that you are there and that you do have an understanding, I would say. Would you agree with that, Mark? Or would you say? Yeah, completely. I think that it, that's something that I've, uh, I've struggled with this idea of having a mental health awareness day or a suicide prevention day and I know it's well-meaning and I don't mean to sound like a a a grumpy person Mm. when I say it but it it almost tells us that this is something that is just filed away and it's something that you refer to only in case of an an emergency Mm. and by that case by that point sorry it's often uh, a lot of damage has has been done so Mm. like you've said things which people can look at to uh, to, to be proactive and to, to, to manage their health mm. and, and, and to be aspirational with it as mm. well. Because for me, I found over these years that if I just did certain things that are good for my health to prevent the, the mm. re- return of an illness, then that's not a particularly lofty goal. It's just saying I'm only doing this to stop myself feeling, feeling dread. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So I've t- tried to tap into it and thinking, well, all these things that are good for warding off symptoms of, of, of depression are actually things which can then stretch me and, and challenge me and, and, mm. and get me achieving things in my life. Mm. And there's a fine balance between wanting to push yourself and then also mm. just realising, you know, what, you, what, you, what, is, um, mm. what is within your boundaries. But for me, uh, alcohol was the, was the big thing. It's another... Uh, kind of elephant in the room when we we talk mm. about club cricket isn't it it's mm. the default you know if you're saying particularly as a as someone who's grown up within cricket environments from the age of oh god you know how old i was when i could walk and pick mm. up a bat to now having a time now where i choose not to drink because i've, I've kind of weighed it up and said i'd, I'd rather not i'd mm. rather not have the bad stuff as much as the best times of my life have been under the influence. It was my favourite hobby from the age of 15, 16 up to 32. You know, I spent an absolute fortune on it and loved a lot of it. But for me, that's something I've got to say, no, it doesn't quite work. And it's been replaced with some other things and things that I wouldn't have considered had I not had these often negative experiences. Um, The thing that's been so profound about it is something like meditation would have mm. been a, a routine that I would never have considered. I just thought whatever stereotype I want to apply to it and I push it away from me. But the blessing of having experienced the, the low points is that it's opened my mind and it's made mm. me think at certain points, I remember being sat in the bath um, thinking the very worst that I could about myself and that I didn't want to live any longer Mm. and at that point I thought right I've got two ways I can go Mm. and I knew more about mental health by that point this is going back not that that long so I thought right I know that I that that isn't the right answer I know that that would be a permanent solution to what I hope is a temporary problem so then I thought, right, in these next few days and weeks, when I do have the strength to do it, I'm going to try things which, mm. which, which can change that. And that's ad- adopted a, you know, different mm. things in, in my lifestyle. But I'd, I just wish, and obviously I can't change this and I'm not you know, mournful of it. If I'd been able to interact with these good things earlier, mm. maybe some of these things wouldn't have happened. And I might have been in a better position to deal with things rather than having the illness kind of just take over. So that's it it's the that thing from an early perspective of just t- chatting about it and, and and people like ourselves in our network saying you know i've been there it's bad mm. if you haven't fantastic and and mm. these are some things which i found have worked what works for you and that's a lovely conversation to have mm. it's so positive rather than what people think mental health is all about is oh well, well we'll feel sorry for someone when they say that they've had a problem and we might give some money to mind and we might wear a ribbon or whatever on mm. this day rather than saying it's part of your life it's the most important thing in your life in my view so let's have a, it, it's a conversation to be had about it in so many different ways mm. i um I, I totally agree with that whole that whole um that performative 
that performative like once a year sympathy that people have and then mm. you see you see um the likes of i don't want to get polit- too political or anything but you see certain politicians who will be advocating for mental health awareness week mental health awareness day and you'll just be like come on like mm. i've 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 had to wait six mm. months at some points for for therapy mm. you know uh, uh, i'm sure we're, we're all aware of this but mm. it's it's got to this point where taught pre-coronavirus because everything's just that's changed everything but mm. um you know the last time i went to the same they'll say uh, three month waiting list then i'll get a call and then it'll be like another three months luckily i can get therapy through work now mm. but i do think it is a performative as as you said my like donate some money to mine mm. like blah 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 and also on the alcohol thing that's that's something that's like i say this as i'm drinking a beer right now but <laughs> uh, ironically <laughs> but um my mum's my had uh, uh problems with alcoholism and luckily she's sober now and she's really well um but definitely that is definitely a thing in sport where you just feel like grown up in sporting cultures in football where you feel there's no other option other than to drink like i i, I definitely feel i've gone through stages like you said james webb um I've, not a year but i've done you know three weeks here four weeks there that have massively helped me and reset again with alcohol but i do find stages where i'll kind of you know lose control of it again so i have to bring myself back I mean, to be honest, it's I, I really admire what Mark's. Are you just are you totally sober then, Mark? Oh well, um, well, yeah. It's um, I, I originally no, in November twenty. Oh, you lose track of the years. Twenty eighteen. Yeah, that yes, that's right. Twenty eighteen. <laughs> um, I said right now. Um, I'm gonna gonna stop drinking now. That's something I'd said to myself. Oh countless amounts of times um and then a few days later gone oh doesn't feel too bad but uh, but i really meant it and i i, I then consider myself to be someone who, who who didn't drink now over the next calendar year or uh, well, sorry 12 months i i did think oh, I could, you know maybe i'll make an exception here and i'll make an exception there so by the time i reached the end of 2019 i'd had about six times where i where i drank and Three of them have been okay. A couple of pints, uh, whatever, after a, after a game or in a certain setting. But what I found with the other three, which had been the problem with, which had prompted me to, to give up, was that I just, once I started, I couldn't stop. Um, which, with a greater self-awareness, I'd realised was something that's actually quite scary, rather than embracing it in my teens and 20s and thinking, this is like, mm. this is I'm like a legend because I can drink all of this and I can get into this, these scrapes and this and the other. Mm. So I reviewed it and I wasn't angry with myself that I'd kind of fallen off the wagon or whatever people call it. I just realised it was maybe a little bit more difficult than I'd imagined. But um, since, de- uh, since December of, of last mm. year, I haven't had anything um, at all. And with there not being a cricket season at the moment, the main temptation isn't there. I, what I'll say briefly to kind of finish is one thing that I found really difficult was still being involved socially with cricket mm. without thinking. Now anyone at my club or, or anyone who I, you know, I'm mates with would say, it doesn't matter. You know, you can still do this. You can still do that. To begin with, I didn't, mm. I had to have that distance because I didn't trust myself kind of getting dragged back into it. 
So what I was really looking forward to this season, and who knows, with whatever length of a season we get, was still socialising, mm. not after a game or making excuses, but staying around for a couple of hours. And when other people are drinking alcohol, I'll still be there having a lime and soda or whatever and still getting that because I missed the social aspect. I missed that mm. as a result. But on balance, I felt for that time in my life, I needed to make the step mm. away. But it's been tricky. Mm. On balance, I, I think it's the best thing. Mm. But I, I can't help myself. Sometimes I think mm. back pictures of things and go, oh, great. And then I kind of think, first instinct is, oh, I could, I could, I could go and have a pint. You know, I could mm. go... Yeah go on that stag do or I could go to the test match and I can have um, 14 pints over the course of the day. <laughs> um, and maybe it would be. And the rest. But, um, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and maybe it would be. And this is no, by no means me saying to anyone else what to do because anything people have done stupid drunk, I've done. You know, we've, we've, we've all been there. So it's just for me that bit of, and this is the thing about, that, like, that genuine awareness of mental health, my own mental health, is that I realised that was a bar to me being well. So therefore, mm. I've I, I put it to one side. And that's true mental health awareness, not the thing mm. where, we, oh, you know, this is for mental health awareness. You know, that term, what does that mean? Mm. Yeah. It's about, Spot. I understand about it for me, and then hopefully, without being conceited, I can then help others. And, but it really it comes down to you and thinking, mm. right, works for you what ticks your boxes and and, and what what doesn't work for you i think i think that's talk, amazing man well done talking about that experience i mean you've done so well to keep it going and to have the strength of mind to do that and it shows so yeah so much respect for you for doing that it's amazing i mean i think like what you said, I think one of the most important things if you are struggling is to kind of keep that kind of mental diary of when things that are triggers, when these kind of things happen. Like for myself, I'd go on like a massive bender. And as you do, you have like the morning after and then you have the day after that and then you have the day after that and then you kind of get yourself back into it. And if you're in a not a great state, that those can be a very dangerous few days, can't they? Oh yeah, hundred percent. And like, like I, I, my experience with alcohol is, I mean, it sounds similar. I, I, I mean, I can't exactly say. I've always had in the. I had a period last year, and it was it was during all this, during the breakup and that, where I told a doctor how much I was drinking. She was just like, and she was an alcoholic herself, ironically. And she said, she she said, you need to stop. Like you have a problem. Mm-hmm. So then I needed to prove, I, I did like three weeks off, three, four weeks off and just where I needed to prove to myself that I could do it. Um, and then, but then since then I've just, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm not on top of it. I have, I have, there's peaks and troughs. Sometimes I'm very in control of it and mm. so I'll maybe have a couple of pints here and there, like after football or cricket mm. and I'll, you know, I'll make sure I'm driving so I can't have more than like a pint mm. or two. Um, but then sometimes I'll go through very bad phases with it like i don't know you guys if maybe we're going off the topic of cricket but like it's definitely to do with mental health like Mm. during this whole quarantine thing it's um it's a weird one a lot of people i hear drinking more a lot of drinking less but Mm. i think i think i think i think the main i think the main thing that you understand is at first there's um when you're first well when you're exposed to mental health and depression and issues like that i think 
there's a very it's very easy to become very insular it's very i i me things like this which is true you know you you feel as though you you're not worth things you know you feel that you are you can't do this you're kind of you're very introspective you're kind of looking in you're very analytical in your own thoughts of only your own actions but other people's actions um you know it's it's easy to get away from that there are there are going to be people who can go and sink 20 pints a night and be fine and it not really affect them but there are some people who it may do i think and it's just it's just accepting that kind of you are who you are is the, is the hardest thing that i found and i still struggle with that now you know i am who i am i'm not going to be you know i'm not going to be blind brian lara you know <laughs> it's it's the most obvious statement really? in the world but you know but no but like not, not you're the, the spit of him though <laughs> but not but not but you know not not look not going on a night out and thinking oh yeah i wish i was like that guy or i wish i was like this person try and or even trying to act to try and be like that person or to try and fit in with the group because of it i think talking about mark's story and kind of my own when i stopped drinking mine kind of was because of a fact that i kind of linked I've, i've got many there are many things that set things off with me financial kind of what's going on in my life generally kind of what's going on chemically in my own head kind of things but also kind of there are other things which can trigger and set things off but for me when I did it I think the main thing that I did was I told everyone I was like right I've stopped drinking I've stopped drinking I've stopped drinking I've stopped drinking and for me the pride in being around people and being like and then if I ordered a pint around them I'd never live it down I'd never live it down you know but I found also that kind of once I got past that first stage where someone, because there'll always be someone who go, go on, have a beer, go on, have a side or something like this. But as soon as you... I've been that, that person. I've been that person. Like, and I, I feel terrible for it in hindsight. I, I found as soon as I refused the first one, from there on in, walk in the park for me. As soon as I said, no, and I'm more, that first one is always really hard to refuse, no matter how long I've been doing it. In the first day, and even in like the, the last day that I was doing it, it was kind of like, oh... You know, but then once well, you've got once you've got that black current and soda or whatever your vice, whatever your choice of weapon is, kind of thing, the, it's then fine because everyone enough, accepts it, it. But then everyone respects you more, and then you kind of get one that thing where people respect you and you feel like that. But then two, you've kind of got that element where you feel as though you are taking control of something in your life, which also, I think, builds that kind of sense of. Um, this this reminds me of um I I um. <laughs> Like in terms of like drinking culture and cricket, and it's very much, I'd say drinking culture and cricket is very much an English and Australian thing because the first cricket game I played in, in about 10 years mm. last summer, are we allowed to swear? I didn't ask. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, well the, first, the first cricket match I played um, in so many years when I finally got the confidence, I, I've been netting all summer and then finally got the confidence to join a team and play again. And it was a mate from work who set me up with this team. And I, mm. I was assumed he was playing. I assumed it would just be people from mm. BBC, from Five Live and that. And I showed up and, because uh, it was called like, they had BBC in the name. I showed up, there was not one lad I knew. And I think there was me and, me and one other white guy in the team, the rest of the team, in or Pakistani lads. And like, majority of them were Muslim. And after the match, I said, uh, I was like, uh, oh, <laughs> anyone going for a pint then? And <laughs> literally, not one of them. And I was like, I was like, shit, that's that's 
we need that that's what i need to do is like my my first instinct when we got battered by like 40 runs was right let's go to the pub and like talk about shit we are and all those that's like no <laughs> i'm just going home go i'm gonna i might go on all the way home but like just go just like and they've all got like kids there and that and i was mm. just like god it, it really is a british thing it really mm. is a british thing mm. british and australian as i said but it I was think, quite eye-opening to me. I was just like, I wish, I wish we were brought up in that culture. Yeah, for me, I don't know about you, Mark, but once I, when I, when I wasn't drinking for a period, I'll still go through periods now where I'll just be like, yeah, don't feel like it, don't want it. But it's kind of like, once I'd, 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 I'd stay out and I'd be kind of being like, yeah, yeah, I'll get involved. But then they just hit a point where I'd be like, cool, that's it, done. Kind of the normal points when you're drinking in an evening where you're like, yeah, everything's starting to ramp up. That would be the point where I'm starting to think, right, this is the time that I want to leave. Um, but anyway, what I'm keen to do now is push on to kind of like solutions and well, not solutions, but kind of I think I think one of the most important things that we've got to look at is that it's not it's not going to be something that's been and done. I think as we've all admitted here that it is something that you kind of live with and that you and you help with what the, what would be the kind of main things that you would say to focus on mark for someone who is in kind of a uh, a bad place in their head what kind of thoughts would you be uh, targeting them towards or any exercises yeah i think the key i'll speak from personal experience because it's what i know what i know best is to try to get a sense of how things aren't permanent and everything's in transition and we live in a world where change is the only constant so having that as part of a philosophy or a mindset mm. is unhelpful even when i later on later episodes of depression when i knew more about it still felt bad still had the same signs and symptoms but had even if it was just clung on to very very lightly mm. this standing that it would get better if i did things that would help that so how if people can understand that it's not forever it's something that you, you can do things which help but it's not going to be overnight so kind of embracing it where possible the the fact that things will change and then for me i i hinted at earlier the big the big thing for me has been practicing mindfulness and meditation and people have a million things in their heads mm. what that is a lot of preconceptions but it's used from by people like, say, Joss Butler for performance um, means. Liam Plunkett, who he was talking about how he uses it, Headspace for managing anxiety. So it's for all of your mental health. And for me, it's just the biggest game changer going. I wouldn't have been able to face up to the reasons and the triggers mm -hmm. that exist for me if I hadn't practiced mindfulness meditation and I'm not going to talk about it too much more because I'm something of a an evangelist about it and I'll get beaten the table about saying how good it is. But for me, that's what really works. I know it's not for everyone. I mean, I'd love it if it was, but I think for everyone it's got to be finding a thing that you will do that is maybe different. Mm. Taking something and adding it to your life, which mm. is and maybe thinking about something you can take away, which isn't so good. So for me, and this is applied to everyone, in taking the alcohol away and adding the meditation and changing that there. For others, it might be taking something which, which is completely different, which I might not have a problem with. And it might be adding something which I wouldn't have considered. But 
just seeing that bit of again like you mentioned yourself james having that bit of control because mm. and, and, and problems can exist when we feel like we don't have any stake in our lives and it's mm. out of control so if there's things that we can pull back to us and say this is what i can control i can do that for 15 minutes in the morning mm. try and avoid that then whether that's in the midst of big problems or just day-to-day life that's what's mm. helps um, so Mark, is there anywhere that we can, if someone, if there's anyone listening where they can find these kind of things, are you running any courses or anything like this? Well, yeah, I'd say uh, wanting to access uh, mindfulness meditation, the two best apps that I've come across are, are Headspace and there's an Australian one, um, Smiling Minds. What we're doing with Open Cricket at the moment is running some online sessions because I was really looking forward, just like everyone else, to getting out in the sunshine. And part of what I do during the summit is go to clubs, do sessions and chat with them about stuff. I can't do that physically. So I started doing these online sessions. We've done about 10 or 12 so far in the lockdown and they'll continue throughout the lockdown and probably after as well if there's appetite. So they cover a load of different topics and people go to openupcricket.com forward webinars and there's the detail of it. Otherwise, on social media, I always try to share as many different articles and videos that might just pique people's interest. They might not consider, for example, meditation until they see that Justin Lang has done it every day since mm. 1990. Or they might not have thought of keeping a journal or a diary until they realise that actually this is used as a, a technique to aid improvement in performance and, and mm. achieve goals. So we just try to get it out that way. But yeah, at the moment, it's... Mm. it's online webinars which we do most of our work okay and if you're about and you're on twitter you can quite easily find opening up cricket and if not we'll we'll be linking all their webinars and all their every all the sessions that will be going on moving forwards for anyone who's listening but tom what i'd be keen to ask if you know if you've got any advice for someone who may have a friend or may be worried about a friend who is going through an issue or how as a friend you can help someone who's dealing with it what what would be your advice well yeah first of all never say um never like it's things we all know but don't say you know what's wrong what like why like smile smile mate like i suppose there's nothing wrong with asking what's wrong it's just the way you approach it but um never just i guess there's signs there's there's patterns and there's signs that um kind of emerge um if, if someone's sort of obviously as we discussed on this like drinking too much or if they're not kind of being the person you recognize you've got to approach it in a sensitive way mm. what i found is is if you're open as a collective of friends and people mm. or in this instance a cricket team i have a lot of mates who i play cricket mm. or football with who are quite laddie lads and quite blokey mm. and i've always been open about my depression my mental health they often approach me in private and mm. then just advise people privately. And a lot of people, most men, there's still a massive stigma about it, especially men in sport, and they don't feel um, mm. like they can talk about it openly. Mm. So just being open here and just try and notice any, any sort of signs. And Mark, where, where can we find all of your stuff then? Where can people find you? Uh, yeah, go to uh, openupcricket.com for the website. Twitter's at openingupcc. And then Instagram and Facebook, if you just put it open up, you'll, uh, you'll find it there. And just to say as my final bit, I completely agree with what, what Tommy said there. Being open and making 
point of saying to people, you can talk to me. Mm. You might not have someone doing it straight away, but when they need to, people will be looking around to see, you know, is there someone I can confide in? It's the worst thing going if you feel there isn't anyone you can trust with that. Someone's open about their own experience, even if it's just a mechanical difference, and people do confide and do get stuff mm. off their chest. So everyone's got that in their locker, surely. So simple, but if you really mean it, it can make a, make the difference. Mm. I think, yeah, I think there's, I think it's a great point there that you've both made. And I think, yeah, definitely if you, you got to, you as a person, you've got to be actively kind of be open to people and be kind of open to listening to their problems, but also not, don't feel as though you have to be all the time, but just kind of be there when people need them and just not kind of pushing them away at the same time, because that's, that you can do all great work, but that could be detrimental. What I would also say is there's lots of great work going out on out there. There's IAPS, there's cognitive behavioral therapy. There's just straight up counseling. There's Mark yourself. And um, yeah, if anyone who is listening wants to speak uh, or talk to myself or Mark or Tom, I'm pretty sure we're all open. Um, 100% man, 100%. Also, yeah, what I'd like to have what Mark said on mindfulness, that's, that's been a big help for me as well. But yeah. Well, I'd like to say thank you guys for both coming on and both for taking the time to come and speak about this. I think it's obviously a really hard time as well with the lockdown and everything that's going on. And I think it, you know, if there's anyone who is out struggling, I think the key is is that we are here. If anyone needs to, and there are there are resources that people can go towards. But yeah, thank you very much, Mark. Thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thanks. And uh, thank you, Tom. No worries, mate. Go well. <laughs> cheers and uh cheers. <laughs> and uh, we'll all catch you on the next episode of cow corner Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.